Mama's Tamale Shop. I am Derek Johnson. Live out of Mama's Tamale Shop is Scott Chase, and I'm coming at you from the KLWN studio on FM 1017-1320-KLWN. Don't forget to go out to Mama's Tamale Shop. Um, you can get some free tacos, free empanadas. I'll be back out there at 9.30 after our show. I have all the KU football tickets, so I'll be back at 9.30 to, to give away those tickets. We had a little emergency, so I had to come back into the uh, studio for this show. So KU taking on K-State Sunflower Showdown. Scott, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing great. You know, Derek, I've always said we should have more home improvement tips on our show. So I was uh, very pleased with our lead in. But no, hey, it's an uh, it's an exciting day for KU. I think it's a really interesting opportunity, uh, you know, likely in front of a pretty big crowd to um, show kind of the direction of the program, show maybe some improvement based off what happened uh, last week and the last time the team played. So really interested in today's game. Yeah, um, I'm waiting for your Tool Time Tim impression, but uh, KUK State, <laughs> uh, a couple weeks ago, we had the game against OU, the last home game, and we didn't have uh, many expectations for that game, but they ended up being competitive. They, heck, even almost pulled off an upset in that game, and then you have the complete opposite of that last week with uh, just a, a very bad performance against Oklahoma State. I thought that game reminded me a lot of that uh, TCU game, the game that I like to dub the Doug Meacham sad in the, the stairwell game Mm -hmm. um so i guess you come off of both of those and now you're playing a k-state team who comes in at five and three um they've kind of won all the games they've been expected to they've kind of lost all the games they've been expected to and obviously they're expected to win this one uh basically if you look at like espn sp plus they're top 40 on offense and defense they're not like elite i guess at one area but they're not uh poor in any areas either Uh, we know what they're bringing in deuce vaughn skylar thompson a veteran player defensively they've got a great pass rusher and i'm not even going to try pronouncing the name maybe (laughs) you want to try uh that but certainly um the last time this game felt relevant was i don't know 2019 ku was coming off that near victory at texas brent dearman had um just taken over the offense i believe and you felt like ku was gonna have a really good opportunity against kansas state and that just uh, didn't end up coming to fruition. So I just hope that coming off the last home game, which was against Oklahoma, you don't have kind of another letdown like that. Yeah, well, I think you nailed it just from the perspective that that game in 2019, it wasn't just the Texas game. They had beaten Texas Tech the week before. They had scored, I don't know, something like 40 points a game combined between the two uh, the two games with Brent Dearman in charge. And, yeah, you sold out Memorial Stadium, and there were some K-State fans there, but it was a largely you know, KU crowd that showed up. And uh, I think the final score of that game was like 31 to 13 or 10 or something like that. And it was only because uh, Manny Miles got a garbage time touchdown right at the end of the game. So, uh, yeah, that was like the real last opportunity for Kansas to to kind of, uh, I guess, show everyone or impress in front of K-State. And it obviously didn't happen. But um, this is kind of a unique opportunity, too. You mentioned Felix. I won't try his last name. The star <laughs> K-State edge rusher uh, should have had six sacks in a game, and uh, which I believe would have been an NCAA record, but uh, kind of ran into a situation where two of the sacks caused fumbles that went past the line of scrimmage, and it took away the sacks. But, um, no, he's been tremendous. Their defensive line has been good. Their offensive players, Deuce Vaughn, Skyler Thompson, has returned well from injury. This is a good K-State team. It's a talented K-State team. Yeah, it absolutely is, and that makes things even more difficult for KU in this game. Um, and that many miles garbage time touchdown, we should actually do like a little uh, 
five-minute trivia maybe at the end of uh, our shows moving forward. I don't know, just like who scored the one touchdown for KU in this game, and it's just going to be like completely random people. Um, <laughs> all right, let's get on to our top three storylines. Uh, I'll let you go first. What is your number one storyline for this game? Well, I think my number one storyline is just Kansas dealing with the uh, K-State defensive front and, you know, specifically Felix, uh, really everyone. I want to see how Kansas protects Jason Bean. I want to see how Kansas establishes the run game. You know, uh, for Kansas to have been successful against Oklahoma, what it really took was slowing the game down, converting on third downs, kind of being methodical at one point, uh, obviously the power going out in the stadium. But uh, it, it took that offensive line playing probably its best game of the year. And then against Oklahoma State, that offensive line didn't have a shot. So, uh, you know, I, I would say for me, that number one storyline is just how Kansas deals with the pressure, the pass rush, the defensive line. K-State can hit you with a three-man front. They can go with four. Uh, they can be really creative in how they scheme that up. So uh, really intrigued to see how Kansas deals with that. My number one storyline, does KU play like this is their Super Bowl? I've, I've said this all week long on RCST, the fact that it seems like every year Kansas State like plays this as if it is a Super Bowl. And that might sound like a slight. I don't mean it like that. I think it is actually a positive because I think that is how, you know, college football rivalry games should be played and it makes it more fun. That's what makes college football such a fun sport because you have these regional rivalries and it just it makes it more interesting. And how many times have we seen Kansas State have so many kids from the state of Kansas and they take this game so dang seriously and they just put it on KU. Now with KU, I don't know how possible that is because you don't necessarily have uh, a ton of KU kids, but I'll get into that in my uh, next storyline. What's your number two? Well, yeah, I was going to say your three storylines have less to do with the game and more to do with the circumstances around it. My three are more football related. Why, why don't you actually run through your okay. three and then I'll finish my three? Okay, cool. Yeah, so my number two is about the in-state KU players. Uh, there's just 19 players on this KU team who are in-state players. And by comparison, Kansas State has over 50 of them yeah. to show you the difference there. And uh, when you think about the ones who are actually probably going to play today, like of the 19, it's an even smaller amount. Obviously, Devin Neal is the big one that's that's highlighted, the local Lawrence kid. Uh, Jay Deneen will probably see rotated around in there at different points, another Lawrence kid. Colin Grunhard, if he's healthy, um, he's you know kind of a uh, Kansas City kid, I guess. Uh, Mason Fairchild, in-state kid. Maybe we see Nick Channel for a few snaps here or there. He would be a Kansas kid. If Sam Burt were healthy, which I, I don't think the expectation is that he is going to be back to playing this one, um, but he would be the guy. But that's that's basically it of the guys who would play today. Um, so how do, first of all, those in-state players play, and how do the non-in-state players kind of value this game against an in-state opponent? And then my yeah. third one, kind of building off that, is in regards to Kansas State with their K, uh, Kansas in-state players. Again, over 50 of them. And it's the return of, of the Lawrence guys as well. Echo Boy Doe, a Lawrence High graduate. Um, he might rotate in in the secondary for Kansas State. Jax Deneen, he'll be in as a fullback at different points for Kansas State. And I think he actually graded as like the top uh, fullback last year in the Big 12. And then Keenan Garber, uh, another free state kid along with Jax Deneen. Um, Keenan Garber, uh, might he has a couple catches this year. He might be on the field for a few snaps we'll see but uh that'd be kind of cool if we saw Jax Deneen trying to block Jay Deneen at some point right 
<laughs> yeah, well, uh, I, I will tell you this. I was at the, I was covering the commitment ceremony or whatever in which uh, Deneen and Garber, I believe, announced that they were going to K-State. And I think at the time there were some mixed feelings. Obviously, Kansas had prioritized Garber, but uh, because of decisions made in previous coaching regimes that ended up kind of spilling over into the Les Miles regime. KU didn't have a, a ton of scholarships at the time. They didn't feel like they could offer uh, Jackson Dean the same opportunity that K-State was going to offer him, and he ends up, you know, going just down the road instead of following his brothers. Uh, I think it's really interesting. I think he's a good player. I think they've gotten a lot of great players from inside the state, and, yeah, it's, it's always interesting to see how uh, seriously some of those guys take this game. Yeah, absolutely. All right, what is uh, your final stories? So my my two, I'll go quickly. Number one or number two, I just want to see how Jason Bean plays. I want to see how he bounces back from what was probably the worst game, maybe of his college career. He was benched at halftime. Lance Leipold wanted to give him a chance, uh, just to kind of watch and see. And and I, I guess I would say ease into things, but he didn't play in the second half. So. Um, just seeing how he responds from that adversity. Then I'm interested in the crowd. Obviously, you know, this year hasn't been great for Kansas. Do fans show up? How many fans show up? Is this a K-State, you know, quasi home game? Or uh, does the, you know, Kansas contingent really show out? I'm really interested to see that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so uh, this is our pregame show going out to Mama's Tamale Shop. Um, it is over on 9th Street, so it's right before you head in to the stadium we've got a lot left to get to on the show we'll get to our players to watch our college football look around and picks game preview good idea bad idea and final predictions for the game all coming up in the next half hour i'll be out there again at 9 30 to give away more tickets all you got to do come out to mama's get one of their awesome breakfast tacos breakfast empanadas i love the apple pie empanada but you can also get some savory stuff as well the chorizo and egg or the ham and egg uh breakfast taco or whatnot and uh they can get your uh i guess pregame going early too they got four different flavors of margaritas and different beers as well that's a mama's tamale shop where we're at before every home ku football game this is fm 1017 1320 klwn with scott jason i'm Derek johnson more after this time out Morningstar Care Homes, winner of the Governor's Award of Excellence and leading elder care provider is hiring. Do you have a big heart, excellent work ethic, and a passion to provide unmatched health care for elders in a home-like setting? Morningstar Care Homes is hiring motivated, compassionate individuals to provide unmatched care for its residents. Scholarships and hiring bonuses available for qualified candidates. Work for the best assisted living and memory care provider in Kansas. Apply online at MorningstarCareHomes.com. Get ready, Northeast Kansas. Lonnie Blackburn and BJ Blackburn here from Academy Cars. We're sick of waiting for the big parade on Turkey Day. So we're launching our own Parade of Trades. But we need your help to get it off the ground. That means if you bring us your trade, you could get paid. You could get up to $4,079 more than appraised value. Based on the price of the car you pick. We need big cars. Small cars. Fast cars. And slow cars. Even if your clunker's rusted and busted. We'll take it for our Parade of Trades. And give you way more than it's worth. Heard no in the past? Credit? Best blemish? Mr. Bruce. Other dealers are full of hot air. But our team is pumped to help you get your best approval. So join our parade of trades. And get way more for your old ride. But hurry. I'm Lonnie Blackburn. And I'm BJ Blackburn. And we're your dealers for the people. In lovely Lawrence, Kansas. Float on over to academycars.com or call us 785-841-0102. Academy Cars. Credit requires bank approval. Negative equity may be refinanced. Vehicle purchase price determines actual trade allowance. Does not apply to advertised specials. Offer absolutely ends November 30th, 2021. Funerals are so 
so important for creating a wonderful and memorable gathering for a loved one, their family, and friends. Rumsey Oast Funeral Home and Crematory has been serving families in our community during times of loss for over 100 years. They strive to help families celebrate and honor their loved one's accomplishments and the impacts they've had on family and community. A well-planned funeral provides a moment to remember a well-lived life. Turn to Rumsey Yost Funeral Home and Crematory when planning a funeral. For more information, see Rumsey-Yost.com. Life never stops moving. Between the 30-minute commutes, daycare pickups, and that weekend trip to grandma's, you're racking up the miles. What you need is a tire that can keep up, like the exceptionally long-lasting Michelin Defender tire. With an 80,000-mile warranty and the safety you expect, you can lose track of the miles and focus on what really matters, the memories made along the way. Stop in today. You can find the Michelin Defender tire at D&D Tire, 10th and Vermont in downtown Lawrence, dndtires.net. Newmont House of Lawrence is a state-of-the-art assisted living home designed with safety, security, and privacy in mind. Providing help for people living with Alzheimer's and dementia, as well as those needing assistance with physical and emotional care. Newmont House focuses on the needs of each person to provide care that supports and enriches lives. Do more, engage more, and live more at Newmont House of Lawrence. Person-centered care in a place like home. Call us for a tour at 785-856-7900 or visit us online at newmonthouse.com. I'm Jamie Lowe. At Prairie Land Insurance, we want to help you find the best coverage and protection for you, your family, and the things you've worked so hard to come by. Don't let the unexpected keep you awake at night. We know what it takes to provide the right coverage to protect you and your family. With several companies and products to choose from, let me and my staff find the right protection for you. Come see us at our new location at the corner of Bob Billings and Castle, just east of the light. Prairie Land Insurance, a trusted name since 1975. Checkers, the store for everyone where the sale never ends. This week, get chicken drumsticks, 78 cents a pound. Lean meaty pork spare ribs, cryovac, 178 a pound. And fresh Brussels sprouts, 148 a pound. All the best stuff is cheaper at Checkers. 1320 KLWN Lawrence and FM 1017 K269 GP Lawrence. Depend on it. All right, 9 o'clock here on FM 1017, 1320 KLWN. Derek Johnson in the KLWN studio. Scott Chasen's out at Mama's Tamale Shop. Um, uh, I do not believe Scott Chasen has any KU tickets on him. Are you, are you scrounging up any tickets on you right now? I'm going to go with a no. All right, so uh, I do have KU football tickets. I'll be back out there after I get out of the KLWN studio at, like, I don't know, 9.30, 9.45 by the time I get out there. So uh, I'll have some tickets to give away when I get out there. I promise we just had an emergency. I had to run back into the, the station. So um, everything's all good there. The tickets will come. I promise. Going out to Mama's Tamale Shop. Great food, breakfast, tacos, empanadas, all that good jazz. Uh, three KU players to watch. Scott, are you there? Yes. You want me to go first with mine? Yes. I'm a gentleman. All right. Three. Uh, three KU players to watch. All right, my first one's going to be Jason Bean. I know I talked about him a little bit in the last segment. Look, Jason Bean had a really, really bad game. At one point, he was 0-3 with two interceptions against Oklahoma State. 
And it's been kind of a roller coaster experience for him. He was really, really good in non-conference play. Not so good when Big 12 play started. But you know that that good quarterback is there with the running ability, obviously, against Coastal Carolina, against Duke. He showed flashes of the quarterback that he could be. I think he's got the capability to be a game-changing quarterback in Big 12 play, but we haven't really seen that aside from one week yet. So, uh, absolutely, he's my number one player to watch. Okay, uh, I think that's a good one. How could you not go with the quarterback, right? Um, I'm going to go with Devin (laughs) Neal. Uh, Devin Neal, the running back for KU, needs to have a good game because that is a big part of their offense, but you're talking about an in-state kid, so I think this is going to mean a little bit more to him. I think he's going to play with an extra passion and energy. Uh, but it's a, it's a good Kansas State running defense. They're giving up just 120 rushing yards per game. That's top three in the Big 12. Devin Neal is my first player to watch. Yeah, I think that's a good one, and you can't go wrong picking a Kansas guy. Uh, my next two, I'm actually going to combine them, which is a little bit cheating, but we're running a little behind, so it works. Uh, look, Earl Bostic and, and Mason Fairchild on the left side of the Kansas offensive line, they're going to have to have the game of their lives from the uh, from a blocking perspective. It's not just dealing with Felix. It's, it's dealing with the K-State defensive front and establishing some kind of a, a tone in this game that, you know, look – Kansas against Oklahoma, the game plan of slowing it down and running the ball, that was perfectly tailored to what Kansas needed to do in that game. Oklahoma was a high-powered offense that wanted to get out and kind of, you know, run up the score, get some style points, quick possessions. Oklahoma State kind of looked at it from the perspective of, okay, you want to run the ball, first of all, try your best, and then second of all, you want to play this slow and methodical game? Well, we're built on our running game and our defense, so we'll play that way too. I think K-State falls into that same category as Oklahoma State. I think they'll be comfortable in a kind of grind-it-out, slow-it-down game. Let's test our defensive front, our offensive front against yours. So I think those guys have to play really well, and those guys really uh, have to step up so that Kansas can extend drives, can kind of slow this game down and limit possessions in this one. Yeah, and KU's had some troubles at times with the tight end blocking specifically, so uh, that's a good one, and, and Fairchild, another in-state kid. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Kwame Lasseter and Reese Vernon um, for my final two. Kwame Lasseter had a really good game against Oklahoma a couple weeks ago. He is not an in-state kid in terms of, like, he, he came from out of state, but... His dad played at KU, so he understands, I think, a little bit um, of what the rivalry means, I guess, here. I know some people would say, oh, it's not a rivalry. It's just in-state opponent, whatever you want to say. Um, Kwame Lasseter, I think, is going to be important in this game. And obviously, uh, kind of building on what you said with Jason Bean, he's probably the top target. Reese Vernon, I've picked the punter twice now in a row for KU. (laughs) I mentioned that he's had some struggles with punting this season. Well, Guess what? The biggest thing you can do this week, like, I, I think you're almost better off just taking 25, 30-yard punts if they're going out of bounds because Kansas State is really good on special teams. They always are. They had two-part returns for touchdowns last year. If that happens, like, KU has, has zero chance of being competitive, right? Yeah, well, look, the punting game has been a huge issue for Kansas, punting and kicking in multiple games throughout the last few years. And, you know, it's interesting that Kansas has had you know, coaches that prioritize special teams. Certainly Les Miles was one uh, that really, really cared about it. And Lance Leipold seems to be in the same vein, but it hasn't necessarily always mattered. So, um, yeah, I, I would tend to agree. It sounds like a good idea to me, and I don't know if that's spoiling something for later <laughs> in the show, but that might, that topic might come up again. Mm, okay, uh, let's get to our college football look around and picks. 26 and 14 for myself, 30 and 18 
for you. First up, number 11, Oklahoma State, is at West Virginia. Well, this is a, a tough one. West Virginia has been a roller coaster team this year. Oklahoma State, like I mentioned, they can run the ball really well. They can defend. Um, I, I think that those kind of aspects for Oklahoma State will tend to travel pretty well. So uh, in this one, I'll take Oklahoma State. But, look, West Virginia has been so kind of up and down. If they play their best game, they can beat anyone in the conference anywhere. That's kind of what I'm banking on. Um, Oklahoma State is having to go to the road. I mean, this is the furthest you'd have to travel in the Big 12, and it's an early morning game. Like, that's going to be tough to get up for. I think West Virginia can pull the upset here. I, I still am not a big believer in Oklahoma State. Like, they've won so many close games. Obviously not last week, but uh, I'm going to go with West Virginia in the upset here. Texas is at Iowa State. Well, just closing the book on that last game, that's also a battle between the two worst cities in the Big 12. Texas at <laughs> Iowa State. Uh, Ames, Iowa, speaking of worst that's cities. Fired, no offense man. to Ames. They have a great wow. Um, look, Iowa State's got to win this game. Uh, Texas, I think, is close to a touchdown underdog, and at times the way Texas has played, they've been, you know, one of the better teams in the conference. They were really taking it to Oklahoma for a while before, you know, obviously the quarterback change kind of shook things up there. But, look, Iowa State, I, I guess they've sort of rebounded, I, I guess, from uh, the slow start to the season. And, and, look, they have so many good uh, weapons just across the field. They might have the best returning, or, or you might have thought they would have had the best returning defense in the conference before the year. Obviously, they have Brock Purdy, Brees Hall. Uh, they probably have the best tight end in the country. So um, just with all that, they probably need to win this game, especially at home. So I'll take Iowa State, but Iowa State makes me nervous, man. Every time I pick them, it makes me nervous. I'm going to go Iowa State as well. This feels like, is this like the game between the two biggest disappointments in the Big 12? Yeah, only I would say because Texas's expectations are always like blown out of proportion. Yeah. But yeah, definitely two of the bigger disappointing teams in the conference. Well, also for Texas, I think it, it comes from like of where they've been. I mean, they've blown leads in the Oklahoma game, the Oklahoma State game, and the Baylor game. So it's like even if you win two of those three and you don't blow the lead, or if they like if they won two of the three, they'd be what like six and two, and they'd be <laughs> top fifteen team in the country or something like that. So. Uh, disappointing from that perspective, but I'm going to go with uh, Iowa State at home, although I think the spread at seven points, I don't know, I think it might be a closer game, but I'll, I'll take the Cyclones. Uh, number 12, Baylor, is at TCU. Well, I, I feel like Adam Sandler's character in Uncut Gems every time I pick TCU because I've done it a ton of times this year, <laughs> and I've talked myself into them being the better team in, in games they've lost, though not all. I will go with TCU, even though they're making a coaching change. Baylor's the one to me. I think Baylor's a very, very good team, but I think Baylor's a little bit overrated. I think TCU actually has the talent to be playing at a much higher level. I think they should have beat Texas for starters. So let's see. Uh, TCU at home, uh, I'll take the Horn Frogs. I'm going to go with Baylor. Uh, they just have that weird magic this year where just they're just, I don't know, this is their year and they're just <laughs> winning these close games. TCU just fired Gary Patterson. That could go one of two ways. Every time you, know, you have a new coach, it's either we played uh, with extra emphasis because it's kind of a a fire lit under our behind, or it could be like, I don't know, a negative thing. I don't know. I I'm going to go with Baylor in this one. Uh, Liberty is at number 16, Ole Miss. Great matchup of quarterbacks should be high scoring. Of course, now that I say that, it'll end up being like <laughs> nine to six or something like that. Uh, if you're rooting for Cincinnati to get in the college football playoff, you should want an Ole Miss loss uh, for a number of different reasons, especially what that does to like SEC strength of schedule and whatnot. However, I am taking Ole Miss. I'm going to go Ole Miss as well. Um, Liberty with 
their quarterback could be a first-round pick. It's also a Hugh Freeze potential uh, revenge game. Um, so I would maybe take Liberty to cover the spread. I think it was 9.5 or 10, but I'm going Ole Miss straight up. Uh, number three, Michigan State is at Purdue. Uh, I'll take Michigan State. Derek, like you, we were talking about before this, I do think Michigan State is a little bit overrated. I do not believe them to be one of the best, probably even five, maybe ten teams in the country. But I am not picking Purdue to beat Michigan State. They already got a kind of a win against an overinflated Iowa team that flat out I don't think is very good. I think they got lucky to beat Penn State because of a quarterback injury. So uh, I'm talking about Iowa, not Purdue. But uh, I like Michigan State in this one. I like Michigan State by a lot in this one. Mm, it's only a three-point spread. This feels like one of those Vegas knows-something spreads. I'm going to go with that. Purdue gets the win. Pulls the upset, their second top five win of the year, and yes, neither would end up in the top five at that point. But who cares? Purdue, party like a rock star, and Boilermakers, Boiler Up, David Bell goes for 150 in the air. Purdue pulls the upset. Number 13, Auburn, at number 14, Texas A&M. I think this is the only ranked matchup today. Yeah, Bonex always scares me, picking him, picking against him. Oh, I thought you meant uh, he actually like scares you like looking at him or something. Well, he, he had a great true. haunted house on Halloween. That's what it was. <laughs> was <laughs> no, there a monkey but, um, that bit someone? Yeah, <laughs> that was a different Texas. <laughs> okay. um, but, look, I, I think I've picked Auburn at times this year. I've probably picked him against him, too. I don't know my exact track record. But they're a team that's been hard for me to figure out. I think I trust A&M at this point. It seems like they're trending in the right direction. So I'll go with them. But, to be honest, I, I expect this to be an awesome game. So I, I really don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with A&M. And by the way, in our, our show notes, um, Scott wrote a note to me. I thought you said A&M was bad. I'm actually glad you, you brought this up. I thought A&M was bad early in the season. And I would I, I hope, am I allowed to change my opinion? Um, because here's the thing. Early in the season, they were bad. You beat Colorado by three points. And you had to come back. You had to score a touchdown with under two minutes left to win that game 10-7. to and Colorado is one of the worst FBS teams in the country this year. A&M was not looking great. You lose early to Arkansas. You lose early to, I think, Mississippi State. Um, A&M was on the struggle bus early this year. And then their backup quarterback finally found his rhythm. They still have all sorts of talent on the field. That Alabama game was really a turning point for them. So now I do think they're a good team. I just think they weren't good at the beginning of the season. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's fair. I wasn't going to bring it up. I wrote that note solely <laughs> for your eyes only. Well, I thought I thought it was good to bring up because I, I did trash A&M early in the season. I think deservedly so, but now a very good team. Uh, number nine, Wake Forest is at North Carolina. This is an interesting one. Wake Forest undefeated, top 10 team, but they're underdogs by the spread. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I actually originally picked UNC in this one, and then I saw mm. you did too, and I thought, well, if both of us are picking against a top 10 team, that's probably a mistake. So I'm changing mine up a little bit. Look, I, I'll be honest, I have not watched a second of Wake Forest this year, but it is incredibly impressive that they remain undefeated. Sam Howell's really been a disappointment. Uh, I read an article that talked about him playing better. And admittedly, this is a lot of scoreboard wa uh, watching because I'm usually paying attention to Big 12 games. And I went through and looked up his stats. And to be honest, if this is him playing better, I'd, I don't think he's anywhere near how good he could be playing. Um, so I'll expect that to continue and I'll go with Wake Forest, but really wouldn't shock me either way. Yeah, so I was going to pick North Carolina as well. And then I just wanted to be a nuisance. So I'm going to also pick Wake Forest. But I actually did change my mind on this game like three times. Um, uh, originally, this was, uh, okay, Vegas knows something. Why is North Carolina favored? And then I've kind of come around on that, and I, I view this less as a Vegas knows something and more of a 
I just think there's not a lot of respect for Wake Forest because they haven't really beaten anybody good, which is understandable. And when, you know, North Carolina has a first-round quarterback in Sam Howell, it's going to get some attention and everybody's going to be like, oh, Wake Forest isn't good. I like the first-round quarterback. I think this is a statement opportunity for Wake Forest. I think they go out there and I think they uh, win the game. Uh, number 21, Wisconsin, is at Rutgers. Well, Derek, I don't think you were on this one, but when Clemson played, I think it was, I can't remember who, I declared the game my mortal lock of the decade wow. for Clemson, and they ended up winning that game. I was very happy with that. I'm going to declare this game my mortal lock mm. of the century. Whoa. Wisconsin is going to beat Rutgers. There is no way. Rutgers is a bad to mediocre Big 12, or, excuse me, Big 10 team. Uh, Wisconsin has a couple double-digit uh wins in the last couple weeks they really curb stomped iowa uh, i think they beat them by 20 so yeah absolutely give me wisconsin did you know wisconsin is a top 10 team if you look at espn sb plus and they have the number one defense in the country give me the badgers oh. number 17 mississippi state is at arkansas well like you i'm gonna change a pick last minute I, I really wanted arkansas i was picking mississippi state to be different but since you're changing the pick i will too i'm gonna take arkansas <laughs> okay i'm going arkansas as well uh they're giving up four and a half i I don't think Mississippi State is that good. I, I think Mississippi State got overrated in the uh, college football playoff rankings, but I guess if they win this, then they'll prove me wrong. Number four, Oregon, is at Washington. Well, look, I think the Ohio State win is carrying a lot of weight for Oregon right now, and it should. That's one of the best wins, if not the best win in college football so far this year. So give them a lot of credit for that, especially doing it away from home. But I'm, I'm not a huge believer in Oregon. I don't think Washington's the team to beat them, although Washington is at home in this one. I still like Oregon, but I'm kind of on, like, not maybe upset watch for them. I, I think the game against Utah in a couple weeks could be a really interesting letdown spot. So I will take Oregon, but I'm a little bit nervous about them. Yeah, I'm going to take Oregon. They've just owned this series with Washington and, and what's viewed a rivalry, um, and I just think that kind of continues on this week so give me the ducks there all right that is our game picks we're going to take a time out here our pregame show brought to you by mama's tamale shop going out on ninth street when we come back we'll break down the game and go through some good idea bad idea with scott chase and Derek johnson this is fm 1017 1320 klwn depending on it keep the cold outside and the cozy in call dunto heating and cooling at 785-843-7137 let our technicians clean and check your furnace so you'll be comfy and cozy all winter long. Call Dunco Heating and Cooling, your local York dealer to schedule an appointment. Take time to call Dunco today, 785-843-7137. Dunco Heating and Cooling, your local York dealer. When quality matters, get it done with Dunco, 785-843-7137. Tired of just working a job? Get a career with Advancement Potential instead at Barry Global in Lawrence. Starting pay is $15 per hour, more on second and third shift. Earn a raise after 90 days. And right now, ask about earning a $600 hiring incentive. Now is the time to make a move to a career with Barry Global. Great pay and great benefits in a company that cares. Find out the details at barryglobal.com and get your new career started. Apply today at barryglobal.com. Laird Noller, your hometown family-owned dealer, has been in Kansas for over 60 years and wants to provide you, the customer, with the best ownership experience ever. They will beat any deal on any new or pre-owned vehicle. That means we won't price gouge and we won't charge over MSRP. Laird Noller also offers a better warranty of seven years or 100,000 miles on any new Ford. Come be a part of the Laird Noller family at 23rd in Alabama. Specialty vehicles may be excluded. Laird Noller Ford. LairdNollerAutomotive.com. 
Medicaid and CHIP offer free or low-cost health coverage for children and teens. Hospital and doctor visits, prescriptions, shots, and more are covered. That's peace of mind for parents if a child is sick or gets injured. And parents may now be eligible for Medicaid, too, even if they've applied in the past. Enrollment is always open. Visit insurekidsnow.gov or call 1-877-KIDS-NOW. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Welcome back into our pregame show with Scott Jason. I'm Derek Johnson on FM 1017, 1320 KLWN. Crimson and Blue Show starts at 9.30, kickoff at 11 o'clock here at here on KLWN or on our sister station, 105.9 KISS. Uh, and going out to Mama's Tamale Shop over on 9th Street. I'll be out there about 9.45 giving away KU football tickets. Scott Jason's there right now. Okay, let's get to uh, an edition of Good Idea, Bad Idea. I'll start this off, Scott. Allowing fans to re-enter after leaving at halftime, which is what KU is doing. Good idea or bad idea? Uh, probably a good idea. It may end up being a good idea for K-State fans who come to this game. I'm not really sure how it's going to work. But, look, I'm, I'm always of the belief that when you are a program like Kansas and you're trying to build up fan engagement and fan support and all those things, you need to be accommodating. And I think this is an example of one way that they can be accommodating. So I'll say good idea. I'll say good idea as well. I, like you said, uh, just anything that you can do to help more attendance or fans to be happier uh, for KU football is a positive. All right, uh, you want to go with one? Yeah, good idea, bad idea. Purposely punting and kicking the ball out of bounds. <laughs> so this is what I mentioned earlier with Reese Vernon. I think it is actually a good idea. If you kick the ball out of bounds, I forget if you start at the 35 or the 40, but that is better than giving up a kick return or punt return touchdown. Obviously, at the punt, it's just dependent to where that goes out of bounds. So, um, yeah, because if you give up, you know, fine field position, that's one thing. If you give up a, a return touchdown, it's hard for me to see with how many other areas that um, you're trying to make up for in this game that that could be like the decisive blow between being competitive or not being competitive. Yeah, I would say bad idea to kick the ball out of bounds. That's a good idea to punt the ball generally out of bounds, though, especially against a team like K-State. Look, I know, you know, I was listening to your show on Friday, and there was a lot of talk. Well, is it a good play that K-State's making or a bad play that Kansas is making? Quite frankly, I don't think it matters. I think the punting game completely changed the game between Kansas and K-State last year. I think Kansas State has taken pride in special teams in a way that Kansas hasn't for a while. And I think Kansas is trying to get there, but for now you can't really bridge that gap. So uh, I definitely think directional punting and, you know, needing a good punting game is uh, very much a big part of this for Kansas. All right, good idea, bad bad idea. Um, Sticking with kind of the same strategy that you used in – past games and notably you think of the Oklahoma game where it's kind of clock control run run pass or you know running on second and long is that a good idea or a bad idea Uh, I'm gonna kind of switch it up and say bad idea I think some elements of that good idea clock control definitely a good idea but I think what the next kind of evolution of that strategy is is that Lance Leipold needs to be more aggressive and Kansas needs to throw the ball a little bit more, give Jason Bean the chance to get into a rhythm so that his first throw of the game doesn't come on third and eight facing a K-State pass rush that absolutely knows you want to throw the ball. Uh, If I'm Kansas State, if I'm that defensive staff, I am selling out to stop the run on first and second down 
uh, on the first series to open the game, and I'm daring Kansas to call a pass and, and daring Kansas to put Jason in, being in a position to where he's got to beat me over the top. So um, that aspect of things, I would say maybe change it up a little bit, but I generally do like the idea of limiting possessions and slowing the game down. So both a good and bad idea. Yeah, I think uh, generally it is a good idea, but Kansas State kind of does that too. So I, I don't know if that affects things at all. I would just say, you know, I'm fine with the, the clock control thing. Make it a less possession game when you're the less talented team so that there's more variance to happen. But also, I, I am very opposed to the idea of, hey, let's run the ball on second and 11. Let's run the ball on second down and nine. And I think we've seen that a little too much this season. Okay, uh, do you yeah, have one? Well, Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, good idea, bad idea, downplaying the rivalry aspect of the game. Yeah, and that, that has happened. I mean, we heard, uh, you know, I, I thought it was interesting, the the previous coaching staff who were all at Buffalo, like, they didn't really have a rivalry. And Lance Leipold talked about this this week that, um, you know, it's not really going to be uh, an emphasis on, hey, this is a rivalry game because he said that kind of diminishes some of the other games that, um, occur and they don't want to make it seem like well one game is important than the others and I, I get what he's saying there but I, I don't view it as that I just think you have to kind of in a rivalry game like it's just a different level of emotion and that doesn't mean you prepare differently or, or you view other games differently every game is important it's just I don't know it, it it just kind of I think is different so I I would say bad idea I think rivalry games need to have kind of that different type of emotion or angst that comes into the game and that is kind of what makes college football so special in my eyes yeah right rivalry game Derek who the bleep is K-State that's a quote <laughs> I wonder who said that, <laughs> who said that? Mm, Do you good think... question hey you want to go with the last one yeah uh Jason Bean gets the full game no matter what good idea bad idea I'm gonna say really good idea I, I think even if Jason Bean comes out and has a worse game or a worse first half than the Oklahoma State game uh, it's time to give him a chance to play through it. And look, I get what uh, I almost said Les Miles because that's what Les Miles did with Carter Stanley. But uh, I get what Lance Leipold is uh, trying to do, trying to protect his quarterback and his confidence and give him teaching moments, learning opportunities. But at a certain point, you need to figure out what you have with this guy because you made the decision, you know, to redshirt Jalen Daniels. And you made the decision that it's basically the two of them and or a new quarterback presumably maybe a transfer maybe one of the freshmen going into next year uh you have kind of a season to learn what you have in Jason Bean and I think part of that is figuring out how he deals with these games where things really aren't going well because eventually if you keep you know well it's going to be Jason Bean unless x y and z you're going to deal with guys transferring out from the roster to where you really don't have that luxury to kind of change things like that so um, just from that perspective, I would give Jason Bean this full game pretty much no matter what happens, barring injury. I think it's just a mild idea, I guess, because it's just like, like what if Kansas is behind 55 nothing in the fourth quarter and you're just like, well, Miles Kendrick's a senior. We'll give him, you know, one last chance to play in this game. Well, even in that case, Derek, I'm telling you, I actually think I would want to see Jason Bean in there. I just want to see. How does he respond to the adversity? Because so far they've really taken him out and they haven't given him the chance late in those kind of blowouts. Now, if he's getting hitting, hit a ton, then maybe I understand doing something different. Or if you want to throw a freshman in there, I'd probably be more open to that idea. But, you know, I also think he gets, he kind of deserves that chance to just kind of see what he can do. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, let's get into our breakdown of the game. Kansas State is favored by 24 points in this game. 
So Kansas will cover the 24 if what, and Kansas State, on the other hand, would cover the minus 24 if what? Well, I think I think Kansas covers the plus 24. Special teams are even. I, I don't, you know, it's kind of a lot to ask for when you're playing a, a team like K-State, but if Kansas can kind of hang around in the special teams game, I'm actually confident enough that maybe they've improved enough throughout the season last week, notwithstanding, to keep this somewhat respectable. But, you know, you have even a couple of things, maybe just a player to go against you in the special teams phase of the game, then I think Kansas will have a really hard time. Because, again, we're not talking about winning this game. We're talking about the line, which is 24 points. Uh, conversely, Kansas State will cover minus 24 if uh, Kansas State can kind of take advantage of the predictability at times of the KU offense, the over-reliance on the run, which is not necessarily a bad thing when you're trying to slow it down. But it puts you in kind of dire situations, especially when you're getting into a lot of third and mediums and third and longs where you have to throw the ball. So just from that perspective, I would say uh, Kansas covers if, like I said, special teams can be even or even a benefit to Kansas. Kansas State probably covers this game if they're able to sort of dominate the KU offense because of predictability. I'd have a couple things for KU. One, I agree with you on the special teams thing. And it, maybe it doesn't need to be even. It's just like avoiding the big play, right? Like avoiding getting a punt blocked or missing a 30-yard field goal or giving up that long punt return or kick return touchdown, whatever it is. Just avoid that at the bare minimum. And then avoid having a, a bad turnover day, right? Like don't uh, have a minus three in the turnover battle or minus two. Um, and then the last thing is, don't let Deuce Vaughn get to the second level. If he gets to the second level, it's over because he's going to make guys miss in a phone booth, and Kansas State can really just grind you down running the football. Kansas has not been good against the run this year. They're giving up 250 rushing yards per game, so that would be the thing for me. Uh, do all those things, and you can cover. For Kansas State, um, they'll cover the, the minus 24 as long as you know they avoid any disastrous mistakes of their own. Like If they don't have any turnovers, I have a hard time seeing Kansas – um, covering the 24, so I would go with that. Uh, but as far as, you know, because maybe these are different answers, like obviously if Kansas covers the spread, maybe that's enough to deem it successful. Maybe it's not. What would you view as being a successful result for KU, and what do you think are the best things that KU can show today? Well, uh, look, at the end of the day, Kansas hasn't been competitive in this rivalry more often than not for a while, and I just think it's such an important building block to be competitive in rivalry games. You know, when you get into these kind of games, people always say things like throw the record books out or it doesn't matter if one team is up, one team is down. It's going to be this close competitive game just because of how much the players care. And to be honest, I don't think Kansas has held up its side of the bargain specifically on that aspect of things. We spoke about reasons why, you know, obviously K-State having a lot more of that kind of in-state feel and maybe a better understanding of this, but... Um, I think that's where Kansas is trying to get to be. Kansas is trying to get to the point where even if it's a down year, you know all of the players are just going to be going you know, completely all out, sacrificing everything for this one game because of how much it means to them and to the city. So um, I think that's what success looks like for Kansas today. Does it have that appearance that Kansas really, really cares um, about this game? Because I do think this game means a lot to a lot of people in the state. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would just say, yeah, just try to be competitive. I know that's such a vague term, and we've said it so much, but just make it interesting at the very least. Give yourself a chance to win um, at the very end. So what is your final prediction before we go here? we got about a minute. 
Well, uh, you know, I just said all that about being competitive and yeah. playing close and all that. Look, I, I do think Kansas State's the better team. I think Kansas can limit possessions, and I think K-State will play into that. I like K-State 30-10 to 10 in this one. I, I just think the Kansas offense has struggled for a little bit. Would not shock me if Kansas ends up scoring more. Would not shock me, honestly, if K-State ends up scoring a lot less than that. But I think right now these two programs still have some separation, so K-State 30-10. to 10. So you would take KU, though, with the spread, but then the under yes. on the game. Um, so I'm going to go with Kansas State 38, Kansas 13. I just am having a hard time seeing this one be competitive, although uh, I guess Kansas State would barely cover the spread there, and then that would give me the under. I believe the over-under is like 55 points. But who knows? Last time we were both against KU, they ended up doing well against Oklahoma. That's going to do it for our show today. I'll be out at Mama's Tamale Shop giving out some KU football tickets in about 15, 20 minutes or so with Scott Jason, Derek Johnson, KU. K-State coming at you on KLWN.